0: Welcome to Making Sense of Money, where we try to simplify financial topics to help people make more informed decisions about money. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jake Hamilton. Last episode, we talked with Brad Fletcher from the Illinois Division of Banking about student loans, everything from the types of loans available to repayment plans and what to do if you run into issues with your servicers or come across student loan scams. You can check it out or the webinar that we recorded that's up on the Illinois Student Money YouTube channel.
1: And I'm Andrew Pellegrini, another of your co-hosts. We're going to be talking with Jeremy Reed today from IDFPR's Division of Real Estate who regulates all the different players in the real estate business that you may have heard about, like brokers or appraisers, home inspectors. I'm sure there's a lot more out there that I don't know by name. So Jeremy is going to teach us. So Jeremy, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do?
2: Absolutely. And number one, thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here today. My role with the Division of Real Estate is that I'm the Chief of Licensing and Education. So any of the licensing activities that our division does across the five professions that we work with will go through the group of folks that I manage. We actually license and regulate, like I said before, five uh, professions. Real estate, as you would expect, uh, appraisers, Home inspectors, auctioneers, of all things, and CAMS, and that stands for Community Association Managers. Those folks are essentially folks that take care of you know, multi-unit buildings in Chicago, for example, so their job is to manage a community, so that goes that way. I've been with the division about four years, and I find it extremely fulfilling, and I love serving the people of Illinois.
1: Thank you so much, Jeremy. I am excited to learn more about what the professions are that you help regulate. We also tend to like to provide some of basic education on these podcasts. I think we probably already mentioned you, Jeremy. So obviously we're going to focus on a bit about regulation of professions involved in real estate for this podcast, but I wanted to give kind of a higher level overview of how real estate may fit into a financial plan for individual consumers and why it's important to know how the professions in the real estate industry are regulated since it impacts individual consumers. So real estate can be a piece of land with anything permanently attached to it, like a roadway, a building, a well, or even natural things like trees or streams. And it, it may fall into a category of what is called real property, which differs from personal property because you can't just pick it up and walk off with it, right? You can't pick up a piece of real property and take it. Exactly it. right. So for a financial
2: store or one of the Marvel folks, yeah, it's not easy <laughs> to pick up a, a house and take it with you. Unless it's got wheels, mobile homes, Unless, and, that and that actually falls into real estate or can as well.
1: Oh. It's very good to know. So you kind of ride the line between property and real property and personal property there.
2: We do. And actually auctioneers, uh, for the most part, while they can auction real estate, they're also our licensed auctioneers also auction off things. So with state sales, if you go out to the state fair, they have a big auctioneer show and competition. So yeah, we, we kind of covered the uh, the whole spectrum there.
1: That's very amazing, and we can even leverage more information out of you now that we know that, Jeremy. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah.
1: It, don't worry, it won't be too difficult.
2: <laughs> okay, good, good. You gotta take it easy
1: on me. We will, we will, we promise. We'll be gentle. So,
2: <laughs> be gentle.
1: From <laughs> I tend to play kind of an educator role since that's my, my day job, my bread and butter. Yeah. So I like to kind of lay things out from the individual consumer perspective. And then you can layer on additional things for like, if you push this out to all of the people that you license, right. Mm-hmm. Might be important. Absolutely. So from a financial planning perspective, Real estate can be viewed both as an asset as well as a liability. Some people like to call real estate an investment, uh, but it really depends on how you're using it and what kind of real estate it is. Jeremy, I'm I'm sure that you've heard the term investment regarding (laughs) most of the things.
2: Absolutely.
1: The professions that you regulate have to deal with. But the re- regardless of the type of real estate that you own or you're hoping to own one day, it's important to recognize that it can be both that asset, that thing that can be sold or even lose value over time and a liability which may cost you anything, in expenses like with maintenance or insurance or other types of improvements that you may be required to make to the property uh, in the future or just may have to do in order to maintain its value. So I'm not a real estate aficionado, but Jeremy, what are the types of real estate that the division of real estate kind of oversees with the professions that you license?
2: Absolutely. What we've got is really every part of the transaction to purchase a piece of property is regulated by our group. So you mentioned liabilities. One of the biggest things when when folks look to make What is probably their largest investment, uh, at least at that particular time or in their lifetime, is purchasing a home. It's important to really do the research behind it. So that's where home inspectors come in. So if you're interested in in purchasing a home, you'll hear something about inspections, and, and that's generally done by a licensed home inspector. As a regulator, it better be a licensed home inspector, not somebody off the street. But it's good that they actually go through the home and really do what their name says. They're inspecting the home for issues that may be out there. A coat of paint can hide a lot of things. So these professionals are tasked with looking for telltale signs that may go beyond a fresh coat of paint or some new trim. So they're going to be looking at the different assets they're inside. So they'll even look at refrigerators and stoves and they should be doing tubs and those things. So really they're going to test the livability and the functionality of a home. So that's a key part. And, And part of the regulation that we do is that we require education. They have to pass an exam and that goes across all of our professions. Um, Once they get into the home inspection part, obviously, if we take a step back as well, a real estate professional, so that would be in our world, the real estate profession, that's going to be a broker, a managing broker. And you'll hear those terms. And that's just a different player in that industry. So a broker is what most folks think of when they think of a, a real estate agent. It is going to be an individual that is there they've taken education they passed the exams they have to take continuing education so they're mm-hmm. they're well schooled and their job is to help folks either buy or sell property so they're going to the, go in and they're going to be advising oh, those ahead. are the, those are the
0: people you see with their faces plastered all over town right all on the, over town. On, the, on the benches and the uh, sometimes you fact, even see the cars with people with their faces all over them right
2: oh you you got to love a good car wrap. And yes, absolutely.
0: And actually, that's a great point that all of those
2: things are also regulated under the laws that we work with. So for real estate in particular, it's the Real Estate License Act of 2000. So 2000 sounds pretty old, but that's when this current version was first debuted. And it's been updated every year or so since, but it still has that real estate act of 2000. So that actually gets into everything from advertising And a recent change was something as simple as the individual's name cannot be any larger font size wise than the firm or business they work for. The problem was is that consumers were getting confused because they would just see, you know, Jeremy Reed on a bus stop sign, but who does Jeremy Reed work for? And that's an important piece of this. So making sure that there is clear communication and identification of these players is, is a big part of what we mm. do. So a bus stop, uh, car wrapping, those are all gonna be subject to the Real Estate License Act. And, and part of what we do as a division is actually not only license these folks, make sure that they're taking the education, but we have an entire enforcement group, and actually groups that help police the industry. And these are across all the different folks that we look at. So we have folks that do investigations. And if there is something, if somebody's breaking the law, then we have prosecution folks that actually open cases and try those cases in front of a, it's, it's essentially a judge. And then there is a verdict and a fine possibly, or maybe time away from the industry. So all of that kind of wraps in, in the real estate world. But aside from that, you also got managing brokers, or you hear the term designated managing broker. So a managing broker is is a superior license. It allows you to do a little more things. One of the biggest is sponsoring yourself. So you can go into business and you don't need a firm, you don't need a you know, a big player, Keller Williams, Caldwell Banker, Remax, you know, the big companies that you have. You can just be Jeremy Reed Realty and that enables you to do that. Now you hear the term designated managing broker. That's actually an individual that's been tagged by a firm. So Remax will will say, you know, Andrea, you are the designated managing broker. You're going to manage the group, but that also puts you on the hook for making sure all your people are educated. They're not doing silly things like making their name huge and the, it, you know all the advertising is squared away. So they're really on the hook. They're on the line and they run the business. A lot of times they won't necessarily be out there pounding the pavement selling things or buying, but they're in the office helping govern those things. And that's, that goes into all of real estate. You know, there are folks that play different roles. Um, aside from real estate and home inspectors, appraisers are a huge part of the financial part of of purchasing a home. Obviously, well, I don't know about you guys, but I don't have a suitcase full of cash to buy anything. So I'm going to need a bank to give me some money so then I can live where I want to live. And appraisers are a key part of that. They're essentially uh, different from home inspectors. Appraisers aren't there to necessarily pull out all the you know the dirty details but they are there to put a proper price on a property so for for some of the the more mature folks in the world uh a few years back in in 2007 2008 uh there was a a housing crash and so some of that came up because some of these home evaluations weren't exactly on the up and up so appraisers play a key part they're going to say you know, bank, this house is worth $100,000 or a $1 million. And they're hired specifically for that bank doesn't want to loan more money than it needs to to purchase a home. So they're mm. key in that part. And we have a very specialized people that just handle those types. Brian Weaver is, is essentially the, the coordinator of that entire profession. And he's been in the business forever i think he was doing it when lincoln was in office he's he's one of those guys that's just been in the <laughs> business i think he was born to do that as well so that's a long he's time very experienced he <laughs> has and he would joke and hopefully he hears this and uh he can know that uh, i i know how old he is <laughs> that's oh, and then the last part i almost skipped it i have two more auctioneers and cam auctioneers are folks so Again, when, that, when the times got tough a few years ago in 2000, 2008, uh, folks were losing their homes. So that's where people couldn't afford the payments and they were foreclosed upon. So the bank said, your house is mine. And a lot of that property needed to be auctioned off. So with that, licensed auctioneers step in and actually brokers can perform that as well. Um, depending on on the bank and who they're using but auctioneers are licensed within our group and yes a big part of that is real estate but they also handle personal property as well so if if you know heaven forbid grandma goes across the rainbow bridge it's time to sell everything all the things inside and the house our licensed auctioneers can help with that and then finally, CAMS, uh, a community association manager. I touched on this a little bit ago. You know, it, very, very popular in, in bigger population centers, Chicago, for example. High rises, you're going to need a manager to manage the building, all the functions of that. And there's an important part, not to be confused, it's not an association, right? So it's not a four-condo building where one owner from each group sits together and they decide, you know, what lawn care service they're going to go with. These are big operations that are work for usually with firms that are, are paid to manage a a building, you know, make sure everything is taken care of. So those, those are the really the aspects that kind of go into that whole real estate world. I feel like I've talked a while, so I want no, to. No, that's there uh, and uh, hope you guys got it.
0: <laughs> no, Jeremy, thank you. That's an excellent breakdown of the different oh, types yeah. of real estate professions that you guys regulate. I, I don't think I realize. I think the public, at least most, has like has a relationship with only a couple of those licensed professions, and so I think some oh, of those absolutely. other ones might might not be notable. Everybody knows the the brokers, you know, the Phil Dumfies of the world. <laughs> maybe not. A, maybe not. Everybody knows. Uh, you know, the home appraiser or the home inspector. Uh, well, I it, would...
1: it, it also sounds like based on the regulations that you mentioned that there's a reason why they've become the face of the real estate in- industry because they're really good at marketing themselves.
2: Oh, absolutely. Oh, it's right? 100%. Some of the best marketing you'll find in there. Yeah. Yeah, great call. Mm-hmm.
0: And I, Jeremy, I want to act like ask a quick clarifying question. So I think that a lot is probably like, that's a lot of the residential real estate side um, like when people think about yes. buying their own home does that also mm-hmm. extend to like commercial real estate or agricultural real estate or is it or are you guys just mostly on the residential real estate side
2: the the primary focus is is residential because um, you know we're here for cons- consumer protection so while licensed real estate brokers this enables them to sell residential real estate which is by far the the most you know active market commercial real estate is slightly different it is still definitely part of our world you know specifically our our uh, advisory board we have a board of individuals who are in the industry so they are brokers they're managing brokers we have the commercial folks in there as well so while our main focus is residential commercial is definitely part of this overall world that we deal with.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I I think that's a good distinction to make, just, you know, to separate from what your average consumer deals with versus what, you know, maybe a business or, you know, somebody looking to get in the business side of real estate deals with.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And it's really a a different, you'll see generally commercial folks are licensed, but that is a different, there are different sets of requirements. So yeah, our, our focus is you know consumer protection with with residential uh, agents.
1: With that in mind, I know you, you mentioned a lot of different players. You mentioned home inspectors, mm-hmm. many different types of brokers. Uh, yeah, I
2: know <laughs> there's really <laughs> only two. Although then you got it leasing agents in there and that kind of thing. So uh, it, it's really it does. There are different flavors of of the business. So that's for sure
1: was going to ask how would someone who's going to like hire a home inspector or a broker check their licensing because I remember when I bought my home I definitely I hired a lawyer I hired a inspector I hired a a broker but I don't even remember how I looked at the home inspector's qualifications.
2: It is tricky and a lot of it (laughs) is so number one on the IDFPR website idfpr.com uh, there is a license lookup feature now that's really going to be to verify if a particular individual is licensed so it's not a good resource to say you know show me it's not google let's put that out there idfpr.com is not google uh, it will look for very specific license information on an individual i mean if you were to search a the name it's only gonna give you 100 results back. So it is a good way. So if you are solicited for business, I know I, I live in Springfield. My door receives lots of business cards and flyers from folks that are just looking for business, yard signs. It's a referral business. Real estate is such a referral business. So while our our tools that we have on our website, we don't necessarily Aren't a great avenue to, to try to do that. You can verify if somebody's license, and not only that, our license lookup feature will show if they've ever had any issues. So folks get in trouble and they have issues, that will be flagged there as well. You know, a term that we call it is you know they've been they would have positive uh, a positive hit for uh, discipline. That's an action taken by the division against them. So a lot of times the, the individual licensees that we deal with refer each other. So your broker—I I mean, I'm just saying—I don't know. I think if you knew a home inspector, you'd call them. I don't know any home inspectors myself. I know—I mean, I do now because I work here, but before, not not a chance. So I asked the broker. The broker gave me a name, and a lot of it's re- relationship building. So there are yeah. folks that do that, but like you said earlier the marketing part, it's really a big part to put it out there. So it is tricky in that we've got lots of folks. So the Division of Real Estate has over 100,000 licensees. Now the Department of IDFPR, as a department, we have over a million. So we're about 10% of that. So within that 100,000, we've got a lot of different professionals that kind of fit together. And I can say they are a huge referral business across the whole thing. Now for appraisers, usually institutions, financial institutions, banks, will have folks that they use or that they have a list of folks for that. Brokers will do the same for home inspectors and appraisers and things like that as they have kind of a, a, a cheat sheet of folks that they prefer. So that's generally how folks get in there. But like anything else, Yelp, Google reviews, you can find folks by, by using the internet.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's probably easier to find that now than it was 20 years ago. Yeah. Oh, um, I
2: can't even. Uh, I have two children that are teenagers. They're, oh, geez, just teenagers, which is a whole another story. But I'm trying to, I've been trying to share with them, like looking in the yellow pages or white pages, and they got nothing. They don't know how to react. To it so, uh, uh yeah the forgotten the internet, skill yay <laughs> yellow pages eh, yeah forgotten skill for
0: sure i don't even know if people use the yellow pages as booster seats anymore i haven't
2: I've i haven't, it, haven't even seen exactly. that exactly.
0: Uh, or tear
2: or, them or at the fair you know those guys <laughs> you know, like tear them in half yeah uh, i yeah phone books let's talk about phone books
0: <laughs> maybe for another pod, we'll, we'll, we'll bring you back for, a pod. um, Jeremy, I, you mentioned earlier, you know, kind of the, the reg, the actual, the, the nitty gritty of the regulation part, you know, how we actually look after these licensees. And you mentioned a little bit with discipline and and other mm-hmm. things with your with your licensed professionals. Along those lines, what kind of activity is the Division of Real Estate looking out for? You know, what are we trying to protect consumers from, and make sure that licensed professionals are are not doing?
2: Absolutely, and I think obviously with with the investment and the amount of money that folks put in and around real estate, it, it's you know we're trying to ensure that consumers aren't having their escrow money taken. That's something that's pretty common. There are a lot of of details around taking money and holding that and when it needs to be delivered. All of those, every step of that process is laid out. And really, it, it comes down to making sure that if an individual seeks the service from one of our licensed professions, that they're not going to be taken advantage of. They're not going to have that money taken and, and not receive anything in return. And there are different tools. Every license obviously receives a number, and that particular number is assigned to an individual. So you can file complaints, official complaints against folks that you feel like have wronged you. Uh, I, <laughs> I won't lie. There are complaints of, of, that are kind of silly in nature at times as well but we allow anonymous complaints. So, Hey, bring them on, but you can make those complaints and that will generate some investigative work. And if it's warranted, they're actually going to go forth and and really work that. So it is, it's really making sure that consumers receive the services that they're paying for. So, and, and not to have incorrect information, really anything that goes on. Like I said before, escrow money, you know, down payments or the money that you put out there to hold a particular contract. Those types of things are really pretty common when we say that people expect their money back. Sometimes the fine print isn't read. So that's where we step in and try to stick up for the consumer in their transactions. And there are dozens that get reported every week. So it's it's, Unfortunately, those things go on, sometimes intentional, sometimes not, and that's what our investigative group is for.
0: Yeah, that's great. I think, like you mentioned, I mean, obviously, when you have 100,000 licensed, in, licensed individuals, there's bound to be some nefarious activity among a small segment of them, but it's, I'm glad, I'm for one, I for one, I'm glad you guys are out there looking, looking out for consumers.
2: And it's important, and I, I totally agree. And this is something that I've learned since since working with the state or in the division is that there are resources for folks. We actually have a real estate recovery fund that is part of the uh, Real Estate License Act, and that is funds that consumers that have been wronged have the ability. Now, it's it's not. I'm going to tell you right now, it's not an easy process, and you will need a lawyer. But there is an opportunity, and especially when we rewrote the law this last year, is we made it easier. So if you've been wronged and somebody has taken your money, there is a fund that our division maintains that can actually be given to folks that have been wronged. So it's things like that, that I think that are important and it goes beyond just researching or investigating if things are going wrong. There's actually a chance to recoup some funds as well. And it's not a perfect process and it is lengthy, but it is out there. And that's something that, that I think is important.
1: That's a really valuable option for people that have been wronged through Mm -hmm. something that nefarious that happens in the real estate industry and not every situation with scams or fraud has something like that. Right. So that's amazing. Is that, unique to illinois
2: jeremy you know that's a great question i i don't believe so but i know it is like i said it's specifically written into the law that will maintain that one thing i've learned uh as well is that states do all their own thing everybody's kind of does the same thing but how they get there very different and so Mm -hmm. i there are funds out there by different states um don't quiz me on it because I couldn't give you names. <laughs> but I'm I'm confident that there are states that do that. And I think, uh, again, a little Google search would come right up with a list.
1: I usually try to stump our guests with at least one trick question. Good. <laughs> well, Andrea, I just can usually talk my way out of anything.
0: <laughs> Andrea's our gotcha uh, <laughs> correspondent. Is
2: it true in 1998 you did this? It's like, oh, I was waiting for that. I was waiting for the
1: screen share. Is this you? Oh no, Jeremy. I don't do enough background research to do that kind of stuff. <laughs> well,
2: it'd be tough for me. There are there are individuals named Jeremy Reed out there. One was an outfielder for the Mariners, and something. I always joked that I was going to start autographing baseballs Jeremy Reed because this guy was doing it and he was getting like 15 bucks a pop. I'm like, I could do that. Wow. Uh, But your Google search for Jeremy Reed would be tough.
1: I I agree now. I would have to (laughs) pair. So you mentioned the Real Estate Licensing Act of 2009 already. And I think you mentioned a couple other laws. What other types of legislation helps the division of real estate kind of do its job? What, what do you enforce?
2: So each profession actually has a licensing act of its own. And within each of those, you're also going to have the act, which is the law, and then a writing administrative rule, which is essentially the details, the key to, to solve what the law is trying to say. So in those, each each profession will have an act and a rule. And aside from that, we can have legislation put forth every year, excuse me, every year where things can be changed. And we ourselves are also, through our legislative team, working with legislators to help advance changes that we want to make. So like anything they're presented to a lawmaker and if if they agree then they would sponsor a bill and we can get those changes made industries do the same thing illinois realtors is you know a, a large association that supports the real estate industry brokers and those folks that membership puts forth different pieces of legislation i want to say uh, the previous director director trado and the current acting uh, Director Lori Murphy are extremely collaborative and we have worked with the association. So rather than being adversarial, we worked together and negotiated a, a compromised path forward. Other associations are similar to that as well. So while anyone really can, can lobby a lawmaker to present things that will change the laws that we work under, it's generally either the department or that professions association are the major players as far as pushing legislation goes. But we are subject to other things as well. Uh, last year, might have been the year before COVID got, got my calendar all messed up these days. I think it was last year, maybe the year before, where a piece of legislation came from a lawmaker, and that impacted every licensee that IDFPR issues, that all those folks have to take one hour of sexual harassment prevention training. That wasn't something that we did, it wasn't something an association did, but an actual lawmaker saw the need and that piece of legislation was passed, so immediately all of our licensees were required to take one hour of, of sexual harassment prevention training. So that's something that can impact us as well. So. Legislation is key. My staff, our entire division, are specifically governed by these act and rules. In, in, in a licensing world, where, where I'm working on a day-to-day basis is specifically with that time requirements, Education, for example, if you want to become a broker or a managing broker, you have to take pre license education. Those are specific classes that we license as well. And the instructors are licensed and the schools are licensed, so we license everybody, but all that is to help ensure that the education is where it needs to be and these professionals are where they need to be. As far as folks seeking a new license there is pre license education that is required across every profession. And those are courses specifically designed to prepare somebody for a licensure exam now the education is only valid for two years once you pass the licensure exam, that is only good for one year. So those types of things are details that my team needs to police. And especially with with the last year with COVID, we were lobbied quite a bit to try to make exceptions. We couldn't do it because the law says it's two years and we can't break that law. That law governs us, it's not a policy. It's not a buy one, get one free at at a retail shop. It is law of the land that was voted on by our legislator. And that's that's one of the biggest parts that we do are, are trying to play this police world where we're trying to make sure the folks are coming into the business with all the requirements that they have. And if they don't, it's not our choice. We're just following the law of the land. So that's a big part that goes into what we do.
0: Yeah. I think I can speak a little bit to Jeremy's on the division of real estate. I'm with the division of banking. And I know, you know, we probably equally have just as many laws and pieces oh, of legislation that pertain to us. I actually, I bought the Illinois banking act and related laws when I first started it here. And it's a,
1: it's
0: a very large book. I've got it next a next to me right turner, now. I'm sure it's a, it's a real, it's a real barn burner, um, but it's a good mm-hmm. one. All but yeah, there's here. just a, a lot of there's a lot of statutes that we have to comply with when we're when we're licensing yeah. and regulating these industries. Um, I just so need to say for, for, for our listeners,
1: journey. can I just say for our listeners, Jake held up the legislation book that he was talking about, and it is huge.
0: Yeah,
1: huge. Like, <laughs> how much do you think it weighs, Jake?
0: Uh, it's a good. Probably five to six pound book.
2: Yeah. The phone book is a booster seat. you got the law right there. Exactly. exactly. Um, and I have, I have binders of versions of previous laws and sections. And it is amazing. The amount of work I've had to go through two rewrites and the amount of work that goes into those, those pieces of, of law and, and bills and things like that. We pour over individual words like must, shall. It is insane. So it's, 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 it's the law.
0: Yeah, it's, yep. Yeah, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about, Jeremy. And, it, you know, legislation, mm-hmm. uh, the legal statutes, they're always changing. You know, like you said, the, the legislative side of that branch of government, you know, can pass something one year that can have, you know, mm-hmm. effects all the way down the road. You know, recently they passed a the community reinvestment act piece of legislation, which is really hitting the banking side. Um, it's something that, you know, we're going to have to work to, you know, stand up as a program, but, you know, community reinvestment is a lot of mortgage lending. There's involved in mm-hmm. that from the banking side, but you know, that brings in appraisers too. So, you know, pieces piece of legislation can yeah. can hit all aspects of real estate and banking and lending. Um, you know, you touched it, on this a little it, bit. Is that, Oh, sorry, go ahead.
2: Oh, no, I was just going to say, I, I completely agree. It's, it's, you know, as things change, and they may change only a little bit on paper, it can really impact an operation. So, and that's what's, what I enjoy about what we do is is working at uh, IDFPR is the amount of, of, and just the diversity of professions that we work with. I get to specialize in the real estate world, and that aids what I do personally. But you know, for banking, for, for all the other groups. I just find it so interesting that we are, we're doing similar work, but how we get there is just so different, but it's all very important specifically to protect the consumers from, you know, having their, having their fundage taken away.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's all very inter, interconnected. You know, we have four mm-hmm. different divisions that are agency, but we all obviously work closely together. You know, you, you briefly mentioned, you know, COVID-19 and the pandemic, and I think we'd be remiss not to go into a little bit more detail there. We've been asking a lot of our guests this year about how the pandemic and COVID-19 has affected their particular industry. So, Jimmy, could you speak a little bit about the, you know, the effects that the pandemic had on the real estate industry? And you touched on it, how it affected your licensees with education. How are some other ways that you know, the pandemic affected you know, even day-to-day business of, of the division of real estate?
2: So oh, that's a great question. I, I think that it impacted the, the business across the board uh, and really not just selling homes, but it goes beyond that. I mean, like we talked about, you know, a lot of real estate folks in, in professions that we work with are marketing masters, but when everybody's home, sure you can reach them, but but that activity of actually getting out there and being in homes was was completely stopped. I I can recall back in a a year ago, the profession was, you know, we were so locked down that it was open homes. Nope, can't do that. You know, can we have meetings in an office? No, can't, shouldn't be doing that either. So a lot of the business just like we've done is it's gone home and it's gotten very virtual. So you do have virtual, and I'm sure you guys have seen this on the the internet, the virtual home tours so you can strap on your your uh your goggles and walk through somebody's home or look at it on your your smartphone and i think that's the biggest thing was moving from in-person showings and obviously you needed to have that but for some of our professionals home inspectors appraisers they weren't going to be welcome in somebody's home you know they could do a drive-by but it, it, it is really challenged the entire industry, I think, like the entire world, but to try to continue to do business. Now, one thing I thought that was very interesting is that the influx of folks looking to get into real estate increased because what are I'm sitting at home, what am I going to do? Uh, I could do this. Ah, real estate. So that's something where you're king of your own, king or queen of your own schedule. You know, you have a lot of flexibility and you can do it remote. And A lot of the firms that we work with regularly, you know, transition that. You have a lot of these individuals who would come into an office. Nobody's doing that. So we've seen office closures. So not only do we see individuals coming into the business, we've seen the businesses change how they, you know, traditionally would go. I, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, you can see a real estate office and there are folks in there and there's work going on. A lot of that is closed and people are doing it from home. Education, luckily within the real estate world, education was, we've been slowly transitioning to online education for the most part. So you can take your course online. There are parts that must be interactive or mandatory, and that is, can easily be done with Zoom. So the industry, that part had already kind of gotten started. So we didn't see a whole lot of of pain With the real estate industry appraisers, however, their education hasn't traditionally been online. It's been in the seat, learning things live in a classroom or maybe a webinar. So the online version was something that we actually had to change and make uh, available for the profession so folks could learn remotely. One point that that we had that, that still impacted all of our licenses was the licensure exam so if you want to license for all professions you're going to have to pass some sort of exam and those exams have been live so we work with a third party that does those but one of the biggest pain points was how do you how do you have thousands of applicants you know go into a space to take a licensure exam which oh by the way has to be within a certain time frame and, you know, there's a lot of moving parts, but like with any business in this pandemic, office employees would, you know, would be, it would come down and, and would close unexpectedly. So really a, a big impact over the year was for folks looking to get into the business. Because number one, the education, you know, online, not so bad. But then when it came time to pass that exam, now you're up against you know, a thousand other people trying to take the exam with limited spots at any given time. So it's been, a, it's been a real impact for individuals. And, and we've worked with our third party vendor, the exam vendor closely, and you know, that they, they installed new phone lines and new online tools. So they're trying to do it as well. But the one thing that I'm excited to say is we're working with that exam vendor to actually enable a remote exam. So you could sit at home Take your licensure exam, and that's something that currently only one other state is doing, and that was Colorado. I could be wrong; <laughs> it might be Washington. <laughs> it's something. one one of those, one of those I, other states. I think it's Washington. One of those others. It's it's west of us. Let's just say that it's west.
1: One of those that
2: will let people. One of those western states, but that will enable people to not have to go into you know, a business park or, you know, a strip mall and, and sit and take a proctored exam in a space that, you know, may or may not be COVID friendly, who knows. So I think that's that's something that I'm personally excited about is to just take available technology and really make an improvement for the industries that we're working with. So I'm excited. We're looking to hopefully get that done by the end of the summer.
1: That's amazing. And it sounds like you have Ridden kind of a chaotic roller coaster over the last year. You went from doing business as usual and regulation spectrum to all mm-hmm. nothing can happen in real estate for mm-hmm. a little while. And then like well, Pew Research just <laughs> released that there have been two million new homeowners in the United States in the past year. It's like a 2% increase in home ownership. Yeah. How has, do you think that has played a role in how many new real estate brokers have wanted to get into the business or auctioneers have wanted to get in the business? They're seeing this influx in people deciding to buy homes and, and kind of commute further out because we have access to remote work, remote learning. And then you get this. Like, I got to figure out how to license all these people that get into the business Mm -hmm. now that there's this huge boon. And we saw this huge drop in employment rates, too. So it's just like a storm for your life to be chaos.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Although it feels like most of the thing. It's always, it's
1: complete chaos.
2: But it's true. I mean, when people see that home sales are up, way up people see dollar signs and they're like, I'm gonna, and, and like anything, I'm gonna do that. So they, they go to get into it. And it's, it's, what I can say is having worked, I bought, uh, I've been lucky enough to be able to buy a home, but I've also, something I've learned in working with these folks, is it's not just slapping your face on a bus stop you know, bench and covering your car with your, your information. There really is a complete skill set of marketing, of salesmanship, negotiating, all those things. So I think that, yeah, the headlines of, you know, screaming sales, I know that there are, well, in Springfield, I know that in my neighborhood, I see sold signs going up all over the place. So it really is impressive. But uh, it, it is, it's interesting that it has been a stop to so much business. But like you said, it's just exploded in in the terms of people looking at their own space and going, "Hey, like you said, I can work from home now. Why don't I look out at, you know, a beautiful lake instead of, you know, just somebody else's house. So great, great point.
1: I think it's very interesting how this has impacted so many different industries and, and Hopefully, it sounds like you're going to give more people the opportunity to get into the real estate Mm -hmm. business from a remote standpoint, which is really great.
2: Yeah, to make it easier. And so that's the key Mm -hmm. is,
1: well, I shouldn't say
2: easier. All the work still needs to be put in, but the path to get there uh, should be uh, easier. So, uh, yeah, you don't have to book. Because there were cases So over the pandemic when there were limited numbers of exam spots, and folks had their education running out, there were some very stressful times for folks when they could not understand why they couldn't book an exam. Well, it's because you can only have four people in the space at any time to have social distancing. So folks were driving hours to get an exam spot, and you have that anxiety all the way there. So now if you could do that and, and use readily available technology, it's just that's what we're going for it's just trying to make things more efficient. We went to online licensing a couple of years ago where and believe me, I still have so much paper around the office. we sell paper applications, paper checks, copies of things, you know like Jake's book I mean we've got all that kind of stuff all the time, but online licensing for real estate it's enabled us to reduce turnaround time so you used to have to wait for a new license six to eight weeks because it's just a numbers game we get so many thousand per month we've got a handful of people that process those it's slow but you put that process online now you're starting to make time increases and we dropped eight weeks six to eight weeks to two weeks and under so we're issuing new licenses within a couple weeks now so Technology is there. It's going to make our life better. We just have to uh, be willing to jump for it.
0: That's great. That's some, that's some really good progress. I think we'll hopefully continue, hopefully continue to see that kind of progress. You know, yeah, absolutely.
2: You know, we've been lucky. Uh, our team has actually gotten better. when we first got, were sent home March 17th of last year. I was totally concerned that, you know, we were going to fall behind. But our licensing group improved, became more efficient over the year. And uh, to the point now where it's like, I don't know if I want to bring everybody back. Can we leave folks where they're comfortable and doing really great work? I don't know. But those are the things we'll have to figure out when we get back to a new norm.
1: Well, and the real estate industry may change with this, like, forced focus on virtual tours. Maybe when, Mm -hmm. when things back up. Uh, you there might be a need to do more legislation around virtual promotion or virtual tours to in order to make sure that there's transparency in both a physical environment and a virtual environment within real estate industry.
2: yeah, absolutely you know some something we added this this last update to the real estate act and the administrative rules in particular, is we are the first state, and I know this for a fact, we're the first state to add virtual offices. What I mentioned earlier, some of the the larger um, real estate firms, you know, they've traditionally had branch offices or satellite offices. With this change in legislation, we're actually going to enable them to not necessarily have a brick and mortar office. That's been required if they wanted to have You know an office in a particular area now they could do that virtually in a website and we've really left it open a little bit but the whole goal is to you know make things modern to expect what's going to be changing and there's been a push for virtual business operations in the real estate world for some time and we're excited that, that the work that we've been doing to make these virtual offices a reality had already been going in. And now they're a thing. Now we're designing the forms to how to apply it. So that's the kind of challenge that, that I find particularly rewarding is is making something new, not just in response to a world that's changed, but, you know, something to really help drive the business further.
1: And lower overhead costs, for people that are getting into the business, which could lead to mm-hmm. lower costs for individual consumers,
2: absolutely. And, and it's a, it's a cost for yeah that trickles down. A lot of brokers, and I tend to talk about real estate folks a lot, but they are, they are the the king, the gorilla in our profession world. They they have eighty plus thousand licensees, and you know, home inspector, cam appraisers. They make up the, the rest, the, you know, just about 10000 in there. So I end up talking about real estate folks a lot because they're just, they're, they are by far our biggest profession as far as regulation goes. So it's, it's something I always tie back to, but that's, that's uh, real estate really does drive what we do and we're just trying to keep pace and anticipate things that could go, you know, and impact consumers as we go along.
0: I think I think the whole like our whole agency is just can, trying to continue to to mm-hmm. modernize and you know move into the twenty-first century as we go forward. You know, not that we're not already, but I, I think that's you know kind of the goal of regulation is to not not stay too far in the past and keep up with the times, you know, as we go. But right. Jeremy, there's something else we wanted to we wanted to ask you about before we let you go. And I think part of the unfortunate side. Of a lot of the changes in regulation and, and different things with finances and, and COVID this last year plus uh, have been you know fraud and scams that have been circulating pretty widely. Are there any you know scams or frauds maybe that are particular to COVID or maybe just in general in the in the real estate profession that consumers should keep an eye out for?
2: I think there are always folks looking to take advantage of uh, news or differences in the world. Um, Real estate is not free from that as well. I think, you know, the things that we've seen are actually, interestingly enough, it's we've had folks that have targeted actual real estate licensees and on behalf, uh, a very similar email, a phishing email that went out that looked like it was on behalf of our division or our department. Those types of things uh, constantly go on. There are folks that are looking to buy homes with cash. You see those signs on the side of the road sometimes where it's, we buy homes with cash. I mean, all those things are not, that is not a, uh, <laughs> I can tell, I, I, would, I would bet that those are not licensed individuals that are looking to do those things. So those types of things are going on. As I mentioned earlier, Brian Weaver, uh, who is uh, the coordinator for our appraisal group, he has stories of, you know, different fraud. And of course appraisers, They're they're since they're tasked with putting these things, they're, they're very in tune with, with sometimes of these, these fraudulent things. That's where folks are representing that a piece of property is worth more or that a particular neighborhood is valued less. Those types of things. There's really all schemes that are out there to do that. And I think, you know... Something I mentioned earlier were some of that earnest money. And that was a word I could not think of earlier. Earnest money, escrow money, earnest money. That's the money that you basically show to a um, to a buyer. So if I want to buy Andrea's house, uh, I want to give a little earnest money to show her that I'm interested. Those funds are things that sometimes don't get returned appropriately. So it's those types of things that you know, we look for as well. So I think that there definitely are different aspects of those. I think people posing as somebody else, people offering services or goods that just are too good to be true. Those are definitely out there with folks losing their jobs. People have been, you know, motivated to sell a home. And, and there are individuals and I think even entities or individuals that are looking to take advantage of somebody that it is in a tough, spot. And there are different things that you can do as far as changing ownership or you know, a cash only sale. Some of those things that just feel not right, that that just feel a little off, usually turn out to be. So that's where we come in, definitely report it. Anybody that has just a bad feeling about something that's going on in the real estate world, we're here to take those and, and really do an investigation and see what we can do.
1: And we appreciate that very much, Jeremy, both as an individual consumer, Andrew Pellegrini as an individual consumer and as an advocate for other consumers. We really appreciate that. Um,
2: Absolutely. It's a big part of why I like, why I really enjoy. I I do personally enjoy working with all of our professions. I think folks are motivated, they're business savvy, they're really trying to do good. But being able to step in and, and help folks that have been wronged or that, are somebody's trying to take advantage of? That's those are the nights you sleep great,
1: and that is amazing. It's always an amazing feeling when you know you can help people.
2: Oh yeah, I love it. It's 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 you know it's one of those things. I've worked in the private sector for years and years, and this job is different in that way because you do make that personal impact. So I think it's pretty uh, very rewarding, and unlike anything I've done anywhere else.
1: That is excellent. We usually push to report issues of like fraud to the Federal Trade Commission or issues with Mm -hmm. services players to the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. But if you've mentioned a few things of examples of fraud or scams that have happened within the real estate industry, both to professionals as well as consumers trying to interact with the real estate industry, what does someone do to actually submit a complaint? Like what is the actual process to submit a complaint with your office?
2: Great question. And it will take you to the internet. So you go to IDFPR.com. You're going to click on real estates at the top. And if you actually move your little cursor over real estate, a drop down list will come up. And within that uh, file a complaint is there. Or if you go to our page if you click real estate at the bottom portion of the page you're going to see file a complaint that will open up a pdf form that you fill out and you email it to us it has instructions on there and you can do that anonymously obviously anonymously we can't follow up with uh, the individual to get additional details which is always something we're looking for that is the easiest way to submit a complaint to the correct folks so visit idfpr.com go to real estate and then find the link file a complaint and that will come to us we have a wonderful lady karen that takes care of those and submits them on she tracks them and, and is really a great resource
0: that's fantastic and i jeremy you said off air that you respond to every complaint individually right
2: they're all, they are. Me personally? I yeah, no, you personally, right? Really you funny. send a letter
0: out from yeah. Jeremy Reed to everyone. Oh, hand,
2: handwritten notes to everybody. That's, uh, that's what I thought. Thankfully, thankfully uh, uh, no. I don't have to. Uh, that is not my world. My, my good friend and fellow chief, Hector Rodriguez, is, uh, he's the handwritten guy. He's the guy, former Chicago cop. In charge of our investigative group. He's the best in the business. So, yeah, look for Hector to give you a note.
0: Okay. Okay. That's, we'll keep an eye out for it. It sounds like the team, (laughs) sounds like, and I know this, I know this for a fact, but they've got a great team over there at real estate. But we'll just, I'll say, uh, any final thoughts you want to share with the listeners, Jeremy, or, or tips for those who might be looking to get into the real estate business?
2: I think definitely look. At, well, number one, I want to say thank you for having me. I have had such a great time. And all I want to be now is a professional podcaster. So we could just do that all day. We could, uh, let's talk about some, you know, pop culture. Let's go. Uh, sorry. I'll start that again. <laughs> final thoughts. <laughs> final thoughts. Final thoughts. I think if folks have the patience and the moxie to get into the the real estate business. I think that there are extremely qualified people that live in our very neighborhoods that are are skilled professionals. I think it's good to do your research, to look into feedback, because there are different individuals for anybody. I know that when we bought our home when we moved to Springfield, I have experienced different realtors where somebody that I really think is interesting and I, I want to know, you know, certain details don't need others. Whereas, you know, my wife wants, you know, different details and a hard negotiator. So some of those things, I think it's good to have a plan, but also utilize the professionals that, that we license because they are there for a reason. And I am confident that if they've gone through the things they need to do, and they're focused on serving folks, that they will meet your needs, whatever they are. And we do have, you know, it just goes beyond of just buying and selling real estate. It's leasing apartments. It's, you know, auctions to sell antiques that may have come in an estate sale. It really touches all kinds of things. So I'm just so thankful to be a part of this department and, and working with great folks like you too. And I just appreciate you having me today.
0: Well, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, so thank you very much. And you're welcome back anytime, Jeremy. We can maybe we'll do a spin-off podcast on pop culture or something. Uh-oh. oh, uh, but no. Careful thank what you wish for. I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you back sometime. But thank you. Thank you again for That's coming. Good. For coming. Oh no, hey, you and... guys
2: are great. I, I appreciate you guys so much on uh, just getting it prepared and and uh, making it really. I can't wait. This is fun. I love that you guys are doing this. Thank you. And not just with me, but with the whole thing. I think it's great.
0: Thank you. Yeah, no, we're, we're having a good time. And, and to the listeners, good, if, good. to the listeners, if, uh, if you want to learn more about real estate licensing in Illinois, like Jeremy said, you can visit the IDFPR website. It's IDFPR.com DRE. Or you can just go to IDFPR and click on the real estate tab. Absolutely. We're one of the only dot coms at the state. Pretty goofy. <laughs>
1: There's a couple other of the cyberdriveillinois.com
2: Oh, see.
1: There's a couple,
0: but yeah, most There's of them most of them are .org. Jeremy's right. <laughs>
1: awesome. Um so I also want to thank you Jeremy for joining us today. This is a piece of a very big topic for a lot of consumers, right? Yeah we wanted mm-hmm. to talk about home ownership and you brought a whole wealth of other knowledge that we weren't expecting which we definitely appreciate but it means we're going to have oh, to do a lot more follow up podcasts with you Jeremy. Hooray! <laughs> You're can gonna
2: can so we talk seven. about Star Wars movies and you know I don't know. I'm not sure if we
1: can. Jake <laughs> Uh, we we'll can definitely talk about favorite sandwiches, Jeremy. We
0: might have to do that side outside of work hours. I don't know if I don't know if, uh, uh, Department probably. of Financial and Professional Real Estate wants us to talk about Star Wars on uh, on state time, but we'll we, we'll talk about well, that outside. Get a
2: million of work. followers. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Morning uh, Zoo, sprinkle. Let's do it.
1: Thank you again for joining us, Jeremy. Uh, we know that real estate and home ownership are big topics and you introduced a whole lot of other tidbits of knowledge that we weren't expecting. So you'll definitely be coming back for another podcast in the future. We'll just have to figure out when that is. So as always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or listen to us on SoundCloud. And thanks for listening. We'll talk next time.